Last time on the Skip and Josh podcast. Did you watch any of the royal wedding? Zero. Did you? I did. Oh my goodness. I don't know if I could do a show with you anymore. I didn't wake up at 5.30. If I If you recorded had woken it. up early to watch that, I would not talk to you ever again. I recorded it starting at 5.30. I woke up my normal time. And then when my wife woke up, we watched whatever we could. You know, fast-forwarding a lot of the boring parts. But like, you know. What do you mean a lot of the boring parts? The entire thing is boring. It's just a wedding. You're listening to the Skip and Josh podcast with Skip Sherman and Josh Obadia. Hello? Skippy. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Can you tell I just woke up? My voice is all cracking. No, you sound fine. That's very you nice. You sound awake and ready to go. Yesterday was a long day. I slept so well. I know you had a busy day yesterday. I didn't even want to text you because I knew like you had like a tough schedule. So, But it all worked out. By the way, because of my busy schedule yesterday, I forgot to mention to you, I was invited to um, someone's house last night. Mm-hmm. for Schwartz's smoked meat, and I couldn't go because I just uh, was too busy. How did they have that in Toronto? Um, a friend of mine, he imports the smoked meat. Either he goes to Montreal himself and he gets a whole brisket, or... Or they send it to him. Or yeah. or sometimes his parents bring it to him. I know um, Lester's Deli in, in Montreal, like sort of a competitor of Schwartz's, they, they do like, you can go on their website and they can send it to you somehow. Mm. Yeah, Anyway, so I had to turn down Schwartz's, which is, I never do that, so. No, that's bad. But I was just, Something I had no do. time to go, like. So, I really wanted to record today. I didn't want to, I didn't want to let it slide till tomorrow, because I really wanted to talk about uh, Stanley Cup Finals. I thought you were so intent on talking about the NBA playoffs. <laughs> the National Basketball Association. The NBA playoffs are are like people are complaining that you know there's blowouts, which there's been a lot of blowouts, but the we're gonna have two game sevens, you know. I so, know that the each round, each of these rounds, I mean each of these um, series, yeah, have turned out to be good. And I did say to you that the semis would be better than the finals. Yeah, yeah, but I mean not all the games have been great, but we're definitely okay. So let's start with NBA since we're already going there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. Um, I told you last time that I thought the Celtics would win in seven. Mm-hmm. And we're going to seven, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, LeBron's too good. That's all there is to say. He's too good. You're right to be scared. You are. You know, like, I, I don't understand, like, he could kind of score whenever he wants. It seems like he could kind of do whatever he wants. It always baffles me when he has like a subpar game like he had in game five. And it always like, I'm like, how did that happen? How did it like, and then, you know, I don't know if you watched the last game, but like he hit a couple of three pointers at the end to sign of seal the deal. And like, if he's hitting threes from like contested threes, then like, then it's over. Like then you can't. Then you really, really can't do anything to stop him. You know, the only thing you can do now to stop him is hope that he misses. You know? I was saying the same thing because it does seem like he can score at will, and yeah. it boggles my mind how he actually misses sometimes. Yeah, 
Well, I think the only reason why he, I've done so much thinking about this, it's like you have no idea. The only reason why he can't score at will, think about like any great player in the NBA. Why can't they just score all the time? Like if, if you're Kevin Durant or or LeBron or going back in the day, you know, like to the Michael Jordan or whoever. Larry like, Bird. Yeah, you think, why couldn't they score like 50 points a game, you know? Well, there's fatigue, you yes. know, like it's a big part of it. And and Brad Stevens' philosophy, he said it since the start of the series on how to stop him, is you don't stop him. You just try to make it really difficult for him. And you could see LeBron, when he's tired, he's settling for outside shots. And when I mean settling, he's making outside shots. You know, mostly time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I said, if he's hitting his threes, then he's unstoppable. So, like, when he's taking outside shots, like, that's... That's the only kind of way to stop him. But like he really, if he drives to the basket or backs someone down, you know, like you can't really stop him. But that's tiring and also physically tiring because they are they're beating him up every time he drives to the basket. Like you see playoff basketball now, when you take the ball to the basket on a drive, you're paying the price physically because guys are coming after you with their it's bodies on bodies, you know? It's six foot nine, two eighty versus six foot eight 270 and those bodies are colliding and it's not it's not something that's natural for people to do saying i'm just gonna fly in there and smash into people you know that just doesn't happen you know adding to the fatigue i'm pretty sure the next game will be lebron's 100th of the season if you include regular season games yeah he he did not miss a game at all this season which is unheard of these days yeah yeah uh, Especially because so, the last few years they tended to rest him at different times, like literally just resting him. Yeah, he would take his annual Miami vacation. Right. In the middle of the season, while in the middle of the season while his team was still playing, he'd take yeah. his annual Miami vacation. They couldn't afford to do that this year because he was like the Cavs' record wasn't so hot, and they were mm-hmm. actually in danger of falling down to six, seven, eight, or even you know at one point even further. But right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like I'm you know I'm a huge Celtics fan. I I love this team. How could you not get behind this kind of team of underdogs, you know, not and unheralded players and young players and Here's another thing you need to explain to me about the NBA, but the Celtics in particular. They are amazing at home and terrible on the road. It's literally like two different teams. How does that happen? It's so bizarre. Well, look, of all the major sports, um, the one that has the most decided home court advantage, if you just look at pure numbers, and I'm obviously I don't know them off the top of my head, but I know this for a fact: the NBA has the highest percentage of home court um, home teams winning. 100%. Like that, that that's been true for our whole lives. Um, but that being said, like I just don't get how the Celtics are so good at home and then so bad on the road, or or maybe it's the Cavs that are good at home, like. I, I I can't I can't like understand it. I just can't understand it. You know, it's very weird. Yeah, I and I mean, I don't know if you watched any of the Golden State Houston series, but well, yesterday I didn't see yesterday's games obviously because I was uh, occupied. But I heard that after the third quarter, the Rockets had a lead. They did, and then then Golden State just blitzed them. Um, turnovers. I mean, it was so many turnovers, block shots, and then they just started hitting all their their shots. Like the NBA is a three point shooting contest now. Yeah, most games, and and it's less true in the Celtics Cavs series. But I mean, there's still a lot. But this Houston Golden State series, it's it's literally like they should just not have the game and just have three point contest rules. 
right? Because that's basically what it is. It's like, who's going to hit their shots? So if Curry and Clay Thompson and Durant are hitting their shots, then they're unstoppable, you know? Like, what are, what are you going to do, you know? Well, but, Houston, Houston was able to stop them for three quarters, and that was yeah. without Chris Paul. Well, they're really undermanned. Uh, Chris Paul obviously is a huge loss. Mm. Um, I, 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 I felt that there was no chance that the Rockets were going to win in Golden State without Chris Paul in Game Six. Like that, that to me didn't seem like in the realm of possibility. Um, although, and now Game Seven, I just, I still think the Warriors are going to win if if Chris Paul plays or doesn't play. Because if he doesn't play, obviously they're completely undermanned. They only used basically six guys last night. They used a seventh guy, this guy uh, Manamute. I forget. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. You know how I am with names. <laughs> um, he only played like eight minutes and like, they basically use six guys. Like that's, that's tough, you know? And if, so if Chris Paul doesn't play, obviously they're screwed, but if he does play, they're not going to be much better because he's not going to be a hundred percent, you know? No, he's he, definitely not. So like, I just, I just, I, I feel Golden State is better, but I wanted to say something about Golden State after like just in general, how they've played in this series, there's something wrong with that team. Like, what well, they seem they, they seem either disinterested, and and maybe that's because they've won two of the last three years. Yeah. Or if it's not that, then there's something physically, yeah, you know, wrong with one or more of them, and and they're just not the same they the same team they used to be. It's I think it's more mental than physical, to be honest. Because like you know, like what makes Golden State so good the last few years is that. Okay, one, they're the most talented team. Like mm. we know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and there are many talented teams in the league, but what sets them apart is not only are they the most talented team, they play very very unselfishly, right? Like they play a team game of basketball. So when you have this unselfish play style and talent spread out all over the court, well then you're unstoppable. That's why they won so many games. And when I watched them the last other than the fourth quarter yesterday, all the rest of the series, it's like, what happened to the Golden State that we knew? What happened to moving the ball around? What happened to, like, guys all over the court getting open and, like, this this beautiful team play? Like, I didn't see that at all. I just see, like, isolation of Kevin Durant trying to post him up, Curry standing around, Clay Thompson standing in the corner. Like, it seems like, like, I was like, what am I watching here? Like, why are they so, like... What what happened to the Warriors that we knew, you know? It's and the equivalent of uh, squeezing your stick harder when you're uh, pressing. I, I think hockey. I think it is something like that, and maybe Steve Kerr like kind of can't get through to them anymore. I, I'm not really sure. But it, what's interesting is like so in the Warriors series, everyone's saying Andre Iguodala is missing, so that's the big reason why the Golden State Warriors are no good now. Like that's why they're having trouble. They're now, fifth best If that's player. true. Yeah, if that's true, they've got problems, right? Because, like, Andre Iguodala, like, he's, like, what, the fifth best, sixth best player on their team? Yeah. Like, I know he's important, but, like, Curry, Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, you still should be able to win without Andre Iguodala. And then at the same time, when LeBron um, wins and plays amazing, everyone's like, LeBron can do it all. And then when they lose... He's like, LeBron can't do it all by himself. So, like, which one is it? <laughs> yeah, well, no? Cleveland really is a one-man team. They really are. It's, and now uh, Kevin Love's not playing next game, I heard. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge loss. Like, so, uh, like, I, like, 
it doesn't matter who's playing or who's not playing. As long as LeBron's playing, they're gonna they could win, right? Yeah, so, no, it's a it's it's a, it's a toss up that game. Yeah, so I am scared, and I can't wait to watch tonight. And hopefully, the Celtics can can pull it off. The home court advantage is huge, like you said, right? Is it a day game or a night game? No, night game. NBA okay. doesn't do the day games in the playoffs. Not in not in this part of the, not in this deep into the schedule. Okay. Actually, the games are late. Like they're usually eight thirty starts. Yeah. Even even when the games are on the East Coast, so they're really trying to get the prime time. You know. Yeah, they're they're going to the NFL model. They are. They are. I mean, there must be some truth to that model, right? I mean, ratings talk, right? I mean. Yeah, because it's only five o'clock in California. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. I'm crossing one thing off my list. Okay, go to the next thing. NBA Game 7's crossed. So do you want to go to the hockey? The National Hockey League. Is that still happening? It's still happening. Is the playoffs still going on? I was so jazzed and excited after the Capitals won that last game, right? And now we have this little break. Little, Little break? Like, yeah, I know. I when like, was the last game, and when when when's the next one? Yeah, well, the last game was what day? I forget even. But the next game is tomorrow. The first game in the Stanley Cup Finals is tomorrow. Oh, okay. So they're finally playing. Yeah, it's okay. exciting. It's exciting for it, Vegas. It it, it oh, is, yeah. but like I don't understand why they haven't already had a couple of games. Yeah. Well, look, the schedule's bizarre. Like, like, to start I said with. this to you a year ago. The weekend is made for sports. Sports yeah. are made for the weekend. Yeah. So. The last game of the previous round was Wednesday, I think. Yeah, but do you think that they don't want to compete with the NBA as much? I, it doesn't matter. They're still going to compete with the NBA. No, anyway. but I mean, at least to start, because the NBA, yeah, I guess you're right. They're still going to compete with them no matter what. You can't get away from it. I, I there should have been there should have been game one of the Stanley Cup Finals should have been this weekend, Friday or Saturday, Saturday or Sunday, should but there should have been this weekend. Yeah, it should have been Saturday. So. Are you happy for the Capitals? I'm happy for Ovechkin because he hasn't never reached this uh, this point in his career. So I am mm-hmm. happy for him. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think the Capitals are going to win. So I, I kind of don't. Think, you don't think the Capitals are going to win? No, no chance. <laughs> no chance. No chance. I mean, look. You know how I said that at the beginning of the playoffs that Nashville was a team of destiny and yeah. they were on a mission. Yeah. Well, it's I was wrong. But it turns out that team is Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like Vegas just made up their mind that they're just going to go steamroll everyone through the playoffs and win the cup. I don't and think they made up their mind. I think they just they're just going out there playing game by game and having fun and and the results are coming, right? The results are there. So I can't see how they're gonna lose to anybody. Yeah. And, I feel like I feel like Vegas has no pressure and zero. all their opponents, no matter who it is, has all the pressure every no, single time. That's that's true. But also, you know, they've already beaten Winnipeg. They've already beaten L.A. They've already beaten San Jose. Yeah. I think this potentially could be their least challenging opponent that they face so far. Well, I don't know. How good are L.A. and San Jose really? I mean, yeah, we, we're, we're saying that or I'm saying that because Vegas dispatched them. But yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. So I, I I don't think the Capitals have a chance. Um, so it's unfortunate for Ovechkin because it's hard to get to this point, yeah. and he may never get to this point again. Yeah. And so you know, whatever. I, I I'm still rooting for Vegas. You are for sure. 
I'm I'm rooting for the Caps. I'm not going to make a prediction. Like, I'm not going to say who's going to win like you just did. But, like, I'm definitely rooting for the Caps. I mean, I, at this point, it's like, love to see Ovechkin win the Cup. And, like, you see how happy he was in Game 7? It was, like, pure joy, you know? Like, felt like a sigh of relief, you know? Not, not a sigh of relief, but he was just so happy. It's like, he's you forget that these guys are a professional athlete. Like, they're professional athletes making a lot of money, but they're playing a kid's game, you know? Yeah, I mean, he did. You're absolutely right. That's the same impression that I got when I saw his his reaction. And yeah. and good for him. I'm I'm very yeah. happy for him. I just I don't think anybody can beat Vegas. I mean, when you look at like the goaltending, which obviously is so important, the edge definitely is going to flurry. Um, Although I mean, Holpe just got just pitched two shutouts in a row, so he did. But he he he's up and down, and maybe he's up now, and and I don't know. Like Flurry has just been so spectacular, right? He so, has. It's remarkable. At, at yeah. age 30-something, he decides to have his best playoff year. Yeah. That's another yeah. thing. You know how the Capitals could never beat the Penguins, and they finally did? Yeah. But the Capitals were never able to beat Fleury. So that's they still right. they still have uh, this another demon to uh, exercise. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's true. I mean, one thing that's kind of underrated about the Capitals is because we look at them from the outside looking in, you're like, oh, they're a big high-scoring team, right? Vetchkin, Backstrom, Oshie, you know? Like, they've got a lot of offense, right? Uh, Kuznetsov. But one thing about them that in this playoffs is they're so physical. It's a big team, right? Yeah, but, I mean, you know, the physicality of every team ramps up in the playoffs. Yeah, no, that's true. But I'm talking about the sheer size. They're big bodies, you know? Another thing I don't like about the Capitals, I can't stand Tom Wilson. Well, he's a jerk, but I mean, a lot of teams have a Tom Wilson, you know. Yeah, it's but not yeah, not mean, as bad as him. Unfortunately like. for the league, the, there's still a place in on every team for guys like this, right? Mm. The old, the old, the old boy mentality of you know go out there and finish your checks and and that type of stuff, right? Mm. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you a question. There's something that when it happened. I was like, I got to ask Josh about this next time. Mm -hmm. Are you like pro or against um, lifting or touching the conference final, the conference championship trophy before the the Stanley Cup finals? Like, what's your stance on this? I had this conversation with someone a few days ago when (laughs) when, uh, I was watching the Capitals touch that trophy. Yeah. Well, not only did they touch the trophy, he picked it up, he carried it around. He's like... (laughs) You know what? Um, for for a team that's never been there, yeah, like both the Capitals and Vegas, yeah, a hundred percent go ahead and pick it up and enjoy it because a you've never been there before, mm-hmm. and b you might never get there again, right? So, and since both of them touched it, yeah, if it's if it's if it's bad luck, as they say, the bad luck has canceled each other out exactly. <laughs> So I mean I, I I'm not surprised really that he did that because like as you could as you said a few minutes ago he was so happy, so yeah. relieved to finally win that round. Yeah. Um, and he wanted to enjoy it and soak it in, and so good yeah. for him. I I I I agree with you. Not about the bad luck canceling each other out. That's a bit crazy. But <laughs> but I do agree with you that like, what have they been working for? They just had this incredibly hard fought game seven series to win the conference championship. 
why not like say, okay, we've won the conference championship. Lift up the trophy. This is what we won, right? I think if you look back at the stats, I don't have them. But there have been teams that have touched the trophy and still won the Stanley Cup. It's happened. Of course there is. And I'm sure there's teams that have touched the trophy and have lost. It's just, it doesn't make a difference. So, I mean, again, if it's if it's a team like like Chicago who won three Stanley Cups or LA who I think won two or three Stanley Cups two, and, yeah. and Pittsburgh who's won a bunch of Cups, then it might not, it's not as big a deal for them because, okay, we've been here before, like what whatever, let's just go on to the next round. But if yeah. you've never done it before, then it's a yeah. big deal. Do you remember when this all started, this touching, no touching? Uh, seven years ago, I think. It's not like going back that far, right? No, it's it's not that long, like seven years ago-ish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we were following hockey in the 80s and 90s, I don't remember ever anyone ever talking about this even. You know? Did they actually give a trophy in the 80s when you remember. won your conference? It seems to be like the Prince of Wales Conference and... I, I, don't I don't know. know. I, don't I don't know, know if they I'm actually not, I'm gave not a sure. trophy. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. All right. So are you excited for the, the finals? Are you going to watch? I'm definitely going to watch. Yeah? Me yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. I think, uh, although, I mean, I don't know how excited the NHL is with the, like having Vegas in there. Do you think it like helps the ratings? Doesn't help the ratings? I think it does, actually. I mean... Because there's, there's a curiosity factor. Exactly. There's a lot of fans who are like, what? Vegas has a team? They probably didn't yeah. even know till yesterday. Yeah. Like the, the casual fans. One thing about Vegas that's amazing. Like the the pregame ceremonies, the openings, the opening of the, the game, like the whole in arena experience as like over the top and like and like hokey as it is, it's like it's so it's so like so Vegas, right? It's, it's like what's more Vegas, Vegas than that? Nothing. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's unbelievable, no? Nothing. But uh, I I can't wait to watch. I'm excited. So I'm actually, and I'm going back to basketball for a second. I'm actually excited to see uh, the Houston Rockets versus the Boston Celtics. <laughs> well, I'm just I just hope the Celtics get in there. It doesn't I don't care who they play. If you recall, I think in December it might have even been Christmas Day. The Rockets played the Celtics. Oh, I don't remember. And all these uh, basketball experts. Were saying how amazing a game it was, and they were hoping that it was a preview to the finals. Yeah, and now well, here we are. Both teams are one game away from making that happen. Both teams have the game seven on their home court. I'm I'm tired of seeing Golden State and Cleveland in the finals. It is it is a bit tiring. It's it's every year, right? The National Football League. Now I don't know if you want to talk about this or not. Okay. I mean, obviously, it's the biggest topic of the whole week. Um, but I don't know how political you want to get or not political you want to get. So if you don't want to talk about this, we just won't talk about it. What do you think about this rule of 15-yard penalty for kneeling if during the anthem? We have to talk about this. In fact, this should have been the first topic we talked about because this led to the most likes we've ever had on Twitter from our Twitter account. <laughs> I, I, I had some kind of crazy 24 hours on Twitter this week because of this topic. <laughs> And it was something like, it's not like it went viral. It's not like anything like that, but it was so like exciting. <laughs> like I'll, I'll post it on our website or people could see what I'm talking about and I'll just explain. So Chris Long wrote this, Rick of the Eagles wrote this really long tweet about how, about the anth the NFL's new policy about kneeling for the anthem, basically saying like, 
we need to do more as human beings. We there like we people should be fighting for social injustice and blah blah blah. This type of stuff. It was really long. It was like one of these um, screenshots that he wrote out on like Notepad and then put it in because Twitter won't let him write something that long. You know. Mm-hmm. And some clown writes back to him as one of the first responses on the to him, and basically saying like taking the opposite stance and calling him out saying you sh- you should be working for charity if you really want to make changes you should be working for charities or doing like good in your community and i don't know if he was where this guy was coming at but like i was like what and then there's a many many responses telling this guy that are you aware that chris long donated his entire salary last year to charity mm-hmm. like you're you're kind of barking up the wrong tree you know and i wrote that exact tweet saying exactly what I wrote is I don't think this guy knows that Chris Long donated his entire salary last year to charity. Hashtag sad. That was my favorite part of your tweet. The hashtag sad. Now hashtag sad. I truly believe is the reason why this tweet stood out among all the thousands of tweets within this thread. (laughs) And next thing I know, I had 585 likes. And like 30 retweets and like it's boggling my mind. It's just boggled my mind because it started that night and I didn't realize. And then I turned on Twitter and it's like you have 30 notifications. I'm like, what? And then I look at it and it's like it has like 30 likes. And then 10 minutes later, 50 likes. And 15 minutes later, 75 likes, 100 likes. And then I woke up in the morning and I texted you and I said, I got this tweet from our account. We have 215 likes. Next thing I know, it's at 300, 400, 500. It was like the thing had a life of its own. It was pretty amazing. So after 24 hours, it kind of died down and it settled in at 585 or 586. So, but other than uh, how exciting it was for us on Twitter, like, do you want to even talk about this NFL business or? Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, they were sort of asking for trouble by implementing a rule without consulting the players. That's exactly what I was thinking. No one's talking about this. People are saying like, well, in the NBA, the players are allowed not to stand for the anthem. I'm like, that's in the CBA. They negotiated this, right? And I think they negotiated that they will they will stand in the NBA. They will stand, yeah. Or but right. but like they will stand, but like the thing is the NBA is very in tune with the players, right? And if the players want to make a statement about social justice or whatever they want, the NBA is going to allow them that freedom, you know? So it was kind of like a tit for tat type of situation. Yeah, exactly. And, but like in this case of the NFL, they just kind of, well, this is the new rule. And like, as far as I knew, something like this kind of needs to go through the players association or it needs to lead some kind of what they call like a roll call, like a, of the uh, not every single player voting on it, but like the player reps of each team, you know. Like... Well, it's not. It's not in the CBA in the NFL. That right. Okay. The, so the NFL is allowed to do this. Like right. They, okay. They, I mean, according to the rules of the CBA, they are allowed to do something like this. Yeah. So they haven't broken. Right. They, ha- they, ha- they haven't broken any rules. Yeah. Um. But if you want the players to actually be legitimate partners, if you say right. that they are, right, then you would think you would ask them for their opinion. I mean, I watched so many... Go ahead. Sorry. Well, it's a little more difficult in the NFL because there's a lot more players in the NFL than there are in the NBA. This so, is true. So to get everyone to agree on anything, whatever the thing is, yeah. it's it's the more people there are, the harder it is to get everyone to agree agree to it. 
Yeah. So I don't know what the actual solution is. Um, the NBA, yes, they they have collectively bargained that the players will stand for the anthem. But as you said, they do other things. They still protest and they do it in other ways by wearing T-shirts during the warm-ups or whatever yeah. it may be. But um, the, you, the NBA players feel that the league is behind them. Right. The NFL players feel like the league is against them. And 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 it seems that way, absolutely, because I mean, look at the look at the owners of every NFL team. Most of them are male, most of them are white. Right? You can, so the same I mean, can be said in any league, but yes. Yeah. So So yeah, it does seem like the 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 the, the league is is not with the players. But the problem I have with the NFL is that they're just so stupid. Like agree or disagree about this ruling i'm not i'm taking take taking the rule aside and just saying the rule is mm-hmm. is what it is the nfl is just so stupid because it's like they're so clueless like they're just so clueless there was no players that were going to protest the anthem this thing had passed this and and sorry i want to change my words there the the phrase protest the anthem should actually be illegal cuz they're not protesting the anthem right but the um, the, the whole idea that players were going to actually protest, it, it, they weren't going to do anything anymore during the anthem. That 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 ship has sailed. Mm. And now they brought this rule out, and now the players are like, they're going to do something just to stick it to the league. Right. They opened up a new can of worms. They opened up a can of worms where nothing, like, the, this thing was gone already. It was finished. To add insult to injury, the day they announced it, or maybe the day oh. after, there was yeah. an NFL player who got... Um, no, a, NBA, NBA player, guy NBA in the Milwaukee player? Bucks. Yeah, in the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So to make he matters got tased worse, by the cops. Yeah. Yeah, to make matters worse, there's an NBA player who got who got harassed by the cops. Yeah. Like just to prove their point, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, the that's like I I listened to a lot of podcasts about this. I read a lot of articles about it. I watched some different shows and like the 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 takeaway from it is that the NFL is tone deaf. They don't understand. Like, how can you, how can you solve a problem, right, when you don't even know what the problem is? That's the that's the gist of it. The NFL is so tone deaf. They don't even understand like what's going. on. They literally don't understand what's going on, or the or they just don't care, right? Or they just don't care. I mean, you would think with such a big organization and an organization that makes so much money year after year that that Roger Goodell, if he doesn't know what he's doing, would at least surround himself with several people that do know what they're talking about Mm -hmm. and that he would be advised on what is right to do and what's wrong to do. Right. Um, So either he doesn't have the right people surrounding him or he does, but he's not listening to them. I don't know which it is. Right. I have a list. Can I read you my list? Go ahead. You just made the list! Things the NFL cares about. White people, Donald Trump, and money. I would have put money first. Yeah, okay, maybe in no particular order. And then things the NFL doesn't care about. Freedom of speech, racial inequality, abuse of cheerleaders, player safety, and domestic violence. That's my list. Well, the player safety one... They are talking about making some rule changes to help player safety. They are. They are. I'll give them that. But they haven't cared until now. Until They haven't cared until now, until a lawsuit came. Right. Right? In fairness to them on that one, a lot of the leagues did not know about all these concussion things until recently. And by recently, I mean the last five years. They are ahead of, like, 
talk about tone deaf, they are ahead of the NHL because Gary Bettman refuses to acknowledge that there's a problem. He's, he's been asked, he's, he's, yeah, he's been he's asked a million times and he basically just says there's no evidence. Well, he's refusing to acknowledge because if he acknowledges, then he's admitting that there's an issue and then, the, then they could be liable for, for a huge settlement. Yeah. Yeah. That's but why I mean, he's, that's why he's refusing to acknowledge. It's not because he doesn't think that there's an issue. But that settlement is going to come one day because whether he acknowledges it or not, eventually, eventually there will be enough evidence, scientific, physical evidence that will bring about a lawsuit, whether, whether or not he acknowledges it or not. So it's, it's the like, same thing. It's the same thing in the CFL. The CFL has not admitted that there's a problem, even though well, they the know The CFL a has a bigger problem because the potential lawsuit, um, if you counter, if you factor in damages and phys, you know, like, uh, physical health of players and all this of people like that will bankrupt the league. Right. Right. And, I think, and so that's I think, why the yeah. CFL, when, when asked the same question has also given the same answer that the NHL has given. When will the first 15 yard penalty for, for stat, for kneeling during the anthem occur? Will it occur preseason first game, first week, what team? I think it's going to happen the first possible game that it can happen. <laughs> I think you're right. Only one team has come out and said that uh, they'll pay the fines of the players. The 49ers owner said... Uh, and the Jets, the too. The Jets, the Jets chairman of the board or, or one of the co-owners, someone said that also the similar thing, right? But yet, you know, the 49ers didn't vote against the... Those teams didn't vote against the uh, the rule. They just abstained from the vote, I think. Right. Which is kind of bullshit. If you ask me, I mean, it's definitely going to happen in the preseason because who cares if you get penalties in the preseason? The games are meaningless. But uh, are people watching? I guess, yeah. I guess in this case, people are going to watch. People are watching to see what's going to happen, right? So yeah, even if you're not watching is, preseason games, it's news. sad part is people actually watch preseason football. That's the sad yeah. part. Yeah. Well, like this is this is segueing into what I was going to say about the CFL. So we'll forget about the politics for a second. People are obsessed with football, mm. and you know that Americans do watch the CFL football during the summer until the NFL starts. Right. And I think this year, more than ever, they will be doing that because the Hamilton Tiger Cats signed Johnny Manziel. I know. I know. <laughs> My son's already bought, bought, trying to buy tickets for the, the Tiger Cats when they come here. Are you serious? He, he can't wait to go and see, see Johnny <laughs> football. He's, uh, listen, I mean, from all, from all reports that I've heard and seen... Yeah, he looks like he's cleaned up his act. He, you know, he's and, and I mean they haven't guaranteed that he's going to be the starting QB. He's he's battling for the starting job. He'll be the starting QB eventually, don't you think? I think he will. I mean, it might happen week one, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Listen, we've yeah, yeah. had we've had like other NFL players come to the course, CFL in course. the past. Yeah. You know, R- Ricky Williams comes to mind. But most of those guys, like, continue. Ricky Williams is, like, those guys were past their prime. They were, like, they're older, you know? Right. Whereas and this guy is, like, he's young still, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, Warren Moon started in the CFL. And, yeah. And Doug Flutie was in the CFL. And, yeah. And, yeah. and Jeff Garcia was in the CFL. And, and there's other guys that I'm forgetting as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I I don't I mean yeah I think he's going to play. Do I think he's going to dominate and put up huge numbers? I don't think so because a lot of it also depends on your offensive line and the wide receivers you have. Yeah, that's true. Right? And and it is a different game to to compare to the NFL game. Yeah, yeah. No, the, his biggest adjustment is the CFL game is completely different. Right. So that's yeah. 
But like, look, I, I mean, I have nothing against the guy. I, if, I hope he's cleaned up his act. And, and if he ends up being good enough that an NFL team wants to uh, sign him, then all power to him. Yeah, I mean, obviously his, his end game is getting back in the NFL, right? It's not He hasn't made a secret about that. Right? I can't stand the Hamilton Tiger Cats, by the way. But why? They're one of my most hated teams in the league, and there's only nine teams in the league. <laughs> Full, so just so everybody knows, Josh used to work for the Canadian Football League. He has a lot of inside information. Yes. <laughs> so and, and the front office staff and, and, and whatever of that team is... So you didn't have a good experience with the Tiger Cats? No, not at all. Oh, I hope okay. I hope they lose every game every year. Oh wow, I love it. So much animosity, it's great. So I mean that's my list. I just have little odds and ends left left to talk about. So I don't know if you, you wanted to go over anything. Recommendations. I've got a new podcast. That you're listening to? Yeah. What's it called? It's called Top Four. <laughs> now What's I want to tell you, I want to tell you how I got onto this podcast. So, you know, like, I'm a huge um, supporter of the Overcast app, right? Yeah. As are yeah. you. And uh, Overcast is basically made by one guy. His name is Marco Arment. It's like he runs the whole thing. He's a one-man show. And he's the guy who created the website Tumblr. And he has another podcast that he's very famous for called Accidental Tech Podcast. But I never listened to that. And I never went on Tumblr. But he has this podcast with his wife, Tiffany, called Top Four, and it's spelled out F-O-U-R. Mm-hmm. And they just, each of them make their top four list of, like, random topics. <laughs> top four albums of the 90s. Top four Starbucks hot drinks. Top four... Um, you had this idea that we should do this. It's something similar. I mean, I don't think it's that much of an original idea to do something like this. But yeah, I did have I did think about this a while ago. It's it's actually the topics that you have to think of that make it interesting because mm. they have some really random topics. Top four misheard Eddie Vedder lyrics, like like where does oh, that come from? We could do There's a whole a, top ten on that. Yeah. So I really really liked the episode of the '90s albums, which I think you should listen to because you'll really really love it. Okay. And I, I just love their, I just love their banter and their whole, like the whole thing I've listened to, like, I've been like binge listening to it. <laughs> Can I tell you something that's very underrated about the Overcast app? <laughs> sure, please. I know you like it and, and you've recommended it to me and I use it all the time now and I like it as well. And there are a lot of things about it that are good and it's very simple and it works really well. But one of the things that's, I really like about it that's very underrated is when you want to um, fast forward or rewind yeah. by by touching the status bar or whatever you call it and sliding yeah. it either left or right, yeah, um, it's very smart because the bar. I don't know how to explain this in words. The bar doesn't start at the very far left, and it doesn't end at the very far right. There's a bit of space between the beginning of your phone and where the beginning of the bar yeah. is because okay. otherwise your finger is fat and that spot that you have to touch is so tiny that right. it's impossible to get to that spot. But what they've done is they've indented it on both right. sides yeah. slightly so that you can actually reach that part. It's it's just, it's very smart. And I don't know why no one else has done that. <laughs> well, Marco is the creator. So we'll shout out to him. So anyway, 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's like uh, my main thing this week is like, hey, I got a new uh, got a new podcast. Now, I also got a new notebook. I want to tell you about this notebook. It's changing my life. The funny thing is you didn't even finish your old notebook. I saw the old one. It was pretty much blank. Why did now, you need be- a new one? Because of this new notebook, I've thrown out my old notebooks. You should never throw those out because when we're huge and famous, that old notebook is going to be worth something. So this book, this book's called Rocket Book. Uh-huh. And it has different features. Can I so see the it? First, yeah, it's it just looks like a regular notebook. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, the pages look like paper, but they're like coated with something. Okay, you realize you we're only... talking about a notebook now. This is yeah. like Yeah. You can you can only write in the book with specific pens. Oh they're my... not like Rocket Book pens. They're Pilot, but like it's a specific one that you have to use. This is very complicated. Now, when you write in the book, you can fill up your pages and then you take a cloth that they provide for you with the book with a little bit of water and you just erase it and then the page is ready to go again. So so you only need one page then? Technically, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe you don't want to erase it right away, but like it comes with millions of pages, right? So so you could erase your pages and then just start over. And the, like it sounds silly because there's like lot of like markers that erase but it, when you write it really feels like a pen it doesn't feel like a marker mm-hmm. now the other thing that makes this book good is on the bottom of the page on the bottom of every page there's like um seven icons little icons i'll show you the list of icons they're just these little oh uh, yeah okay. okay okay now if i tick off on the bottom of the page that i want to use the uh, apple icon or mm-hmm. the bell or the clover i tick it off mm-hmm. you go on the rocket book app and you you take a little picture of that page and it's pre you pre-program the app so like i i pre-program the app saying anything that i tick off with the uh with the the bell mm-hmm. goes straight to dropbox hmm. That's... so when i when i scan it using the app yeah, it goes right in my dropbox as long as i tick off the right uh, the right little icon on the bottom of the but page but what goes into the dropbox the an image of your notes and then you could erase them i see yeah interesting anyways i know it's weird i'm very excited about a notebook this is uh too high tech for me well because this is the thing i used to have one notebook for work and one note for one notebook for podcasting mm-hmm. and now i've thrown out those notebooks and i only have one okay well now <laughs> you're never gonna throw this one out because it never I, expires i think the listeners are getting a little bit of insight into my warped brain i think the listeners all turned off the episode seven <laughs> seconds ago you're right that's all i've got that's all i've got for you all right other well, than did you see that home run that shea otani hit uh, in batting practice at the rogers center no i'll send you a link to it it's unbelievable it's the far it's the deepest ball i think i've ever seen hit anywhere really yeah it's unbelievable <laughs> I know it was only batting practice, but you can't believe how far he hit this ball. What about Willie Stargell or Daryl Strawberry at Olympic Stadium? Well, Daryl, well, Willie Stargell, I was too young to actually see know it. I just know where the ball landed because there was a yellow seat there. Right. Um, the Daryl Strawberry, that's a that's a good one because that was no opening one actually day, wasn't knows it? how far it would have went. Wasn't it opening right? day? It was the second game of the season, I think. Okay. Or maybe it was opening day. I know it was off of Randy St. Clair. Okay. Well, that would explain. But no one knows how actually far that ball could have went because it hit, it was so high that it hit the ring on the top of the stadium, right? I think you're right. So, like, no one knows how far it would have went. But anyways, you got to see this Otani uh, BP homer. It's pretty, pretty extreme. Okay. That's all I got.
I don't even want to go through my list. That's it. We're done. Yeah, I mean, I can talk about these things next time, so it's okay, because really they're not related to anything that happened this week. Okay, so let's save it for next time. I'll tell you one thing. I'll, I'll, I will talk about one thing on my list. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with sports. Good. So you know uh, your new ABC pants that you got at Lululemon that you really like? I love them. So I have some news for you that you might be interested in. Okay. Old Navy has a pair of pants that are similar to the Lululemon pants. What are they called? They're not called anything. Oh, okay. Um, But they're very similar and they're only 50 bucks. Yeah, well, anything's cheaper than Lululemon. Of course. <laughs> so, and if you go to if you go to Old Navy on one of those days where they have like yeah. these crazy sales, yeah. then it might even be less than 50 bucks. Did you buy them? I bought one pair. And how do they compare to the Lululemon? They're not as good, but they're good. They're not as good, but they're good. Okay, I got you. I mean, they're they're good. They look good. They feel good. Everything's fine. You can tell that the material is a little bit thinner, so that might be a good thing when it's hot outside like now. Yeah. Um, And so I don't know if because the material is thinner, if they're going to last as long. Right. You know, because wear and tear, whatever. But yeah. um, I would recommend them. The thing about the Lululemon pants is that there's it's like psychological. You know how much you paid for them, so it's like in your mind, it's like, wow, these are great. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I think that's part of the the like, allure. consumer brainwashing that goes on all the time with every yeah. product. Yeah, 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 yeah. Show close. All right, I think we're done. That's all I got. Okay, so but remember, before we sign off, if you want to make sure you never miss an episode. Of the Skip and Josh podcast, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Play, um, or the podcast app of your choice. You just heard us talk about Overcast for about 10 minutes. <laughs> if you listen via Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave us a review. Um, you can get to us by email, skipandjoshshow at gmail.com, Twitter, at skipandjosh. We're famous now on Twitter. Or by liking and following <laughs> our Facebook page. And uh, skipandjosh.com has all the links to everything. By the way, Derek texted me this week saying that story about the urine was true. He texted me as well. <laughs> Maybe he said it at the same time. Uh, maybe. I think he wasn't happy that we were, you were doubting him. I mean, it just it sounded like a Seinfeld episode. That's why. Because wasn't yeah. there an episode where uh, George wins this trip and then he gives it to Kramer. And Kramer goes and he steps on something in the, at the beach. And, maybe, and, yeah. And hurts his foot. I'm not making this up. I know you're not. I know you're not. So... <laughs> So then uh, that's where George says, oh, yeah, you got to worry about the jellyfish. <laughs> okay. So that's why I thought it was uh, it was made up, but I, I stand corrected. All right. Great talking to you. Enjoy the game seven tonight and the Stanley Cup finals tomorrow. Likewise. All right. Bye. Bye. I would like to thank you for the greatest four days I ever spent in my life. <laughs> They were shooting the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue right in the hotel pool. Well, not only that, the hotel, they opened up this area on the beach for nude bathing, and all of the Sports Illustrated models went down there. Wow! I am on the next blanket from Al McPherson. Oh! Who played backgammon nude. Oh! Oh, she's a sweet kid. Nude backgammon with swimsuit models! Oh, you know what? The second day I was there, I stepped on a jellyfish. Now, it kind of stung my foot. That's probably what Rula was trying to warn you about. Yeah, you got to watch for the jellyfish. Yeah. The Skip and Josh podcast is over now. 
Don't worry, there'll be another episode soon.